today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Uh, some concerns about uh, Bill uh, C-101. This is uh, Finance Minister Bill Morneau's uh, new legislation uh, that we told you about a couple of weeks ago that is supposed to be putting safeguards in place for the Canadian steel industry. Uh, obviously, the clock is ticking because there's only a couple of weeks left now before these guys go for their summer break. Uh, is this going to get passed? Is it going to be sufficient? I want to bring uh, Catherine Corbin back into the conversation. Catherine Cobden, rather, I'm sorry, who is the president of the Canadian Steel Producers Association. Uh, Catherine, thank you so much for the time. I wanted to get your perspective on this. I'm glad you have some time to talk to us about this today. Yeah, thanks, Bill. Really great to talk to you again. Well, have you had a chance to peruse the the proposal here, what Mr. Morneau is talking about? Absolutely, absolutely. Thought you might. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and uh, what, we're, what we're pleased about this actual proposal is it will give the government the flexibility they need to put safeguards in place. Um, you might recall the safeguard discussion. We, we talked about it yeah. um, a while back, and, and essentially those are really important to the steel sector because they prevent imports from surging into our country, and so we really do need those in place. Um, but what happened when the government decided not to put those in back in April was we went into what's called like this two-year cooling-off period where we weren't able to get them back and, and reintroduced. So the legislation eliminates that problem. And so that's great because that means, you know, as things change, which things are changing so rapidly in the marketplace under the current circumstances, uh, that we really, really need those uh, the, at, our, at our disposal, basically. Why were they even taken out, in the f- or not included, I guess, more importantly, in the first place? I mean, because, as you say, this is ever-changing, and you don't know what's around the corner. I mean, I don't think anybody saw the, the steel and aluminum tariffs coming f- from Trump last year, but You're boom, right. there they were, and what an impact that had on the industry. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the type of thing. You know, I think when this legislation was crafted, which was a long time ago, the world was a very different place, right? And today, in 2019... Uh, with our current circumstances globally, we need this tool. So, you know, we're glad that the government is taking the steps it needs to ensure that it has, you know, uh, uh, all of the sort of tools tools in the toolbox. And and, uh, now the most important part, though, is we actually have to be ready to use them. Um, And that's, uh, you know, it's all great to put the shiny new tool in the toolkit, but we have to use them to ensure that we do not, you know, have the effect of, Imports surging into our our marketplace. Is the political will there to do that? I hope so. That's our <laughs> intent. Our, our that's our message to all parties is not only do we need this legislation through the House very quickly, but we also need to be prepared and stand behind Canadian steel workers and Canadian steel producers uh, to ensure that this doesn't happen and uh, get those safeguards in place. I, I know there's some concern about the time frame because they've only got a couple of weeks left to go on this thing, but uh, I, I, don't, I don't think any MP is going to stand in the way of this. They may have some questions about it, but I mean, if they block this thing before the House uh, rises, I mean, they do so at their own peril. I think if they block it, what they're doing is they're telling Canadian Canadians that they don't care about the Canadian domestic steel producers or the steel producing communities or the steel jobs, right? So I really hope you're right and believe that they must stand behind this legislation. But you know, politics being politics, we'll have to see. Well, there was some concern as to whether or not he was even going to make it onto the order paper with all the other stuff they want to do. There's that uh, pesky trade deal uh, between Canada and Mexico and the United States that uh, still has to get ratified, and they want to do that as well. But when you've got a majority, if the will is there, as, as you've seen over the years, Catherine, they, they can get it done. Yeah, there is a lot on the table, though, Bill, and I think that, you know, it's important for this dialogue to be happening. So I'd, it's great that you are following this file. Um, I think that all voices need to be there to say to our parliamentarians, get this done. 
Who are the players here? I mean, we obviously we think of the United States because of the tariff situation. Uh, China's got to be a player in this situation as well because of the illegal dumping and the concern about that. Uh, and, and the fact that we kind of get sucked into that vortex every time China and the U.S. start talking about steel. Yeah, there's that, and there's also the fact that overall the global overcapacity of steel is uh, is huge. So it's not just China, it's Turkey, it's all over the world, frankly. There's all sorts of countries that have more steel uh, produced than there is market demand. And so what this means is as countries like the U.S. and Europe and others are taking all these measures to manage imports into their country, those uh, those basically are looking for a home, right? And Canada wide open without safeguards. So this is part. This links right back to the legislation in the sense that we need those safeguards to manage the imports. And uh, it's many, many countries that uh, have way too much steel than than uh, what what uh, you know their their own demand. That's typical of the market, though, isn't it? I mean, if if we have our defenses down as we did, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to find that out. I mean, the the, the 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 other players that you've just described here are looking for an opportunity like that wherever it's going to be. It's not that they were picking on Canada; we just they picked on us because we were vulnerable. That's right. And I think our government has started to recognize that. Like about a month ago, they they committed to taking strong action using all legal avenues, and this is one of them, this legislation we're talking about, but there's many others as well. So we need to keep our eye on this um, seriously. Uh, Otherwise, this could be a very big problem from a Canadian uh, steel producer's perspective. Is there any anticipation here that there could be some pushback from some of these other players? I mean, uh, you know, that say, hey, wait a second, that's not fair? Well, there are, there is, there is a misunderstanding out there that there's not enough steel, um, that they cannot be provided by other means, um, and that this is going to have an impact on, you know, pricing, et cetera. And our, our message on that is we're prepared to, to supply what the market needs. Um, and at the same time, safeguards don't stop imports, right? They just manage them so that they don't pour in, that they come in at a kind of managed level based on what has happened in the past. So um, I think there's a lot of misconception that has created some opposition to this um, by, you know, users of steel, but that's easily managed once they understand the facts. Speaking of managed, uh, with this in place, it's going to, obviously, it's going to, there's going to have to be some increased scrutiny here, too. Is, is that part of this process? Because, you know, we wanted to get some clarity on that uh, to make sure that, uh, I'm not so sure, you know, we, inspectors at every port, but I mean, uh, you don't want stuff slipping by here, and, and, and that's only going to make right. a bad situation worse. Absolutely. We really have to um, ensure that our trade system, that our, you know, import monitoring uh, system is as strong as it can be. Um, and, uh, you know, this is actually part of what Minister Morneau announced a, a month ago is, again, we have to look at all of these different aspects to make sure that things aren't slipping through the cracks. And, um, you know, you worry when there's an election coming that uh, distra- people will get distract- distracted and moved on to other issues. But um, our problems will, con- will persist if we actually don't follow through on these recommendations. Well, in past elections, you're, you're absolutely right. I think that may well have happened because people are going to say, oh, come on, steel industry, we're solid, that's going to be fine. But we've been burned. And, and, and you'd hope that's going to be front of mind for the, the MPs and for the, the people that are going to be administering this going forward. Well, and that's why I'm glad to have communities and steel workers and producers all working together. We can't. We have to make sure that it remains front of mind. Are, let's talk about the players here, and, and specifically, sure. if I could, Catherine, about North American players. Yep. Uh, because if Turkey or China or somebody else wants to stop dumping deal steel, rather, uh, there's got to be a willing partner somewhere along the line. 
Yeah, so what's really interesting, as you, as you mentioned, you know, we got the 232 tariffs lifted. This was a fantastic deal, both for ourselves as well as for, you know, the, Amer- the Americans. Uh, <clears throat> those tariffs were having a terrible impact, as we have discussed before, on both sides of the border. But now what, the, what that agreement also demonstrates is that our largest trading partner, the United States, also understands there's a global overcapacity, right, and that it's a real issue and that we have to work together to make sure that we are protecting not just Canadian borders but sort of the North American uh, steel producers from this surge of foreign imports. So, you know, we, we do have now some big partners with us in helping to prevent this problem. And, and oversight, obviously, is going to be part of that. But, yep. I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of like the, from the security standpoint, we have the five eyes. I mean, you, everybody working cooperatively, one country to another. And it's, uh, you know, just to give them a nudge and say, hey, by the way, something's coming your way. You better be careful about that. That's That's got to make for a more efficient system, I would think. Yeah, I think that that's kind of the type of thing that, you know, we're, uh, we're looking at. How do we ensure that our system is as strong as possible? Um, you know, how do we make sure that we're monitoring everything that's coming into our borders, um, coming into our country at our borders? That is critical. Uh, and then there's, uh, excuse the, the the metaphor here, but the elephant in the room, um, that's the Republican metaphor, I guess, down in the States, uh, <laughs> is that uh, Donald Trump still thinks, well, he was quoted on Fox News this morning, tariffs are a wonderful thing, is the quote. Uh, now, Donald Trump, uh, Peter Navarro, and Wilbur Ross seem to be about the only three people in North America that seem to feel that way. But th- th- it's obvious from what he's threatening to do with Mexico right now, Catherine, that he will, uh, you know, just arbitrarily impose these things, not even necessarily because of any trade concerns, but I mean, he's, he's using this stuff as a club right now. That's got to be a little concerning going forward that we could be down this road again. Yeah, well, we must remain diligent. I, I don't disagree with that. Um, I, I will say, though, that we are very happy that we have a deal on 232 lift for the sector that actually, as much uh, as it helps the Canadian sector, it, it helps Americans. You know, we had a retaliatory system in place that also hurt the Americans. Um, so it was just good for all of us to get these tariffs out of the way so we could get back to business in North America. Um, so that's that's sort of, you know, the that is the the... The effort, we want to make sure that we continue to have that. Of course, there's always a threat. There's a lot of unpredictability in the system. And that's partly why the things like what the government is introducing in this legislation, uh, you know, is so important because we don't know what's going to, as you mentioned earlier, we don't know what's going to happen next. Well, one of the things that we're anticipating is going to happen is the ratification, at least by Canada and the United States, uh, of uh, the trade deal, uh, whether it's CUMSA or USMCA. Uh, that, that, that's one of the things they need to negotiate. What are they even yeah. going to call it? But anyway, uh, what is that going to do to, to, to the circumstance with the steel industry? If that does get ratified by all three countries, let's go down that road for a couple of seconds. Does it, does it offer you more of a comfort level to think, okay, I, we're, we're more on more solid ground now than we were before? Well, I think that, you know, we support CUSMA. Um, we support it. We think that having, uh, you know, a, an updated free trade agreement uh, with our largest trading partner is an important thing. So um, from our perspective, it sort of doubles down on the point that we're a, an important trading partner with them and we have, you know, we have free trade. For us, the biggest issue was making sure those tariffs were removed before we went down that path. And so thankfully, that's where we're at. Um, so that gives us more of a, you know, clear path to lend our support to the ratification of this agreement and say, let's, let's, let's get it done. 
with the other element, since we're talking trade, is uh, let's talk Canada and China, mm-hmm. uh, which is a little you know on shaky ground now. There's a great deal of trepidation because of Huawei and a bunch of other things that are at play here. And uh, they're playing politics with it, which is rather disconcerting for us as we sit here and watch this because we know that we don't want to get caught in the crossfire here. But that's a market that, that, that the Canadian industry has got to be looking at and saying, look, you know, we, we'd love to get a piece of that. You don't want them dumping stuff here. But the, the reversal of that is you'd like to have some sort of an agreement where you, that could be actually beneficial to your industry, too. Yeah, I think the the issue of how China and Canada work together in a trade agreement is, you know, it's pretty early days uh, yet. I think there's a lot of unknowns. Um, certainly, you know, as an industry overall, we support free trade. Um, you know, and we'll leave it to our governments to figure out our government to figure out how how that one could work. I, I think that, uh, as I say, it's very early days on that discussion. There are lots of big, big, broader issues well beyond steel. Uh, around that conversation. So we'll have to keep an eye on that and see how that moves forward. But you'd like to be at the table at some point in the future, I would think. Well, if there's anything real, I suppose we're going to want, we're going to need to be because we have, you know, serious uh, concerns with uh, the Chinese steel producers and uh, their overcapacity issues. So we're going to want to keep an eye on that. For yeah, sure. and as any yeah. negotiation, there's give and take, and you want to make sure that if they're given something that you're aware of it and what the ramifications are going to be. You bet. So that's that's going to be a concern. And step one, they're going to have to start talking to each other. Yeah. Although we're hearing that the Prime Minister and, and, and the Chinese Prime Minister may actually be meeting in the next couple of days. So mm-hmm. maybe that's a good sign, too. So you, all in all, then, from the last time we talked, you're you're, you're more confident that, this, uh, that the government's got your back on this? Well, I, you know, you, you can never take anything for granted. I think we must remain vigilant. We have to keep pushing, um, pushing the system. We can't be... Uh, complacent at all, especially now we're heading into a difficult sort of time in the election cycle in terms of uh, of people's distractions, as we talked about er- earlier. But, you know, we've had some, since we spoke last, we've had some, um, you know, some definite movements in the right direction, but there's a lot more work to be done um, around that import trade monitoring system you were mentioning, around the safeguard legislation, around additional things we can do to strengthen our trade remedy system. All of this, we have to keep going. So no, the job's not done, but things have improved. Uh, Final point on this, because there's another player here that we haven't talked a whole lot about, but you certainly have, and that's the World Trade Organization, Mm. uh, and the the parameters which they set, too. Uh, are, Are we copacetic with what they're doing here or is there going to be some some concern here oh well you know i think the w there's there's a lot of um broader conversations going on about the wto right and to what degree does canada need to adhere strictly to the wto requirements under today's context again back to what we discussed with the legislation it's 2019 now and a lot of things in on the trade world around the trade you know world have changed and so we do need to understand can are the constraints under the WTO process uh truly appropriate in today's world and i think what you'll find from our perspective is they aren't and we need to actually make sure that we have the that we can take the steps we need as a country to protect our to protect our our jobs and our economy because wasn't that protocol the WTO protocol that was almost 20 years ago wasn't it that that was that Canada signed on to that in 1994 yeah. 95 something like that yeah i don't have the precise date but it certainly it's, it's was, a long time you know, ago a long time ago just like the legislation right i also don't have the precise date on that but we are um, in really at a point in time where we need to look at our whole trade system and that's you know what i'm encouraged about what the steps i'm seeing now we have we have to go more though than just looking at it we actually have 
staff to implement changes that give our government the tools that we need to respond to today's, you know, unprecedented, disruptive in- environment here. So um, that is the agenda, I think, for the for the, that that is the immediate agenda, and it's also the agenda that's going to need to you know pick up back in you know um, on an ongoing basis, whether there's an election or not. Is there a willingness or, a, or maybe even a recognition on the play, uh, part of the WTO that maybe they do need to revise and, and update some of their protocol? Honestly, I'm not connected enough to the WTO side of this, but definitely, I think from our side, there's you know, we need to take steps. And I think when you saw the announcement a a month ago of the federal government saying it'll look at all legal avenues, that's the important message here. And that includes, I'm assuming, looking at the WTO. Well, that's a pretty bold move by the government, though, isn't it? Hmm. To say, look, we're not going to wait for you. We're going to do this because it's in our best interest. Well, you know, I think other other steps have been bolder. So, you know, other countries are taking even bolder action, and that's the point, right? Other people are, other governments around the world are taking very bold action that has a direct implication on Canadian jobs. You know, it's kind of funny to make that link, but it's there. So this is why we need the legislation that Morneau has, has tabled, um, as well as additional things that... Uh, um, that are that need to be put in place to ensure we have a 2019 trade remedy system. Fingers crossed. Uh, the, right. t- the clock is ticking. Catherine, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for the time Thanks today. I'm sure we'll be talking about this again in the near future. All right. Thanks, Bill. Take care. Catherine Cobden, Bye-bye. who is the uh, president, of course, of the Canadian Steel Producers Association. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.